0: Welcome to episode 15 of Idiom America, a podcast that mines those rich veins of language idioms to try to excavate their origin and context. And this episode looks at silver idioms. And silver is an interesting metal, uh, long recognized as a precious metal, and it has the highest electrical conductivity of any metal, and that alone would be a mic drop for silver but it also has the highest thermal conductivity as well as the highest reflectivity of any metal. So it's special stuff that can be found in the earth's crust in its pure free elemental form. Although it's actually far less abundant than gold in this form, even though it's more abundant than gold overall. And silver has a brilliant white metallic luster that can take a good polish. And so it's one of those elements with such a distinctive color that it lends its name to a standalone color like gold or copper. And it's also one of the seven metals of antiquity, one of those that humans had identified and used in prehistoric times, along with gold, copper, tin, lead, iron, and mercury. And for a long, long time, until a few short hundred years ago, uh, believe it or not, these were the only known elemental metals to Western civilization. So although something like zinc was used in brass, it was used unknowingly as an alloy metal. And I got interested in silver as an idiomatic subject when I was reading up a bit on the presidencies of Grover Cleveland and Benjamin Harrison for the last episode, because one of the most volatile issues of the 1880s was whether the currency should be backed by gold and silver or by gold alone. And you had Western Republicans and Southern Democrats calling for the free coinage of silver because it would mean more money, cheaper money to help the poor, while those in the Northeast uh, held firm for the gold standard worried about inflation, and so on. And those advocating for free silver, as it became known, were associated with populism, unions, and the fight of ordinary Americans against the bankers, monopolists, and robber barons of the Gilded Age. And free silver was referred to as the people's money. So around that time, you had guys like William Jennings Bryan roaming around the prairie giving speeches in support of free silver, uh, like the famous cross of gold speech in which he railed against the gold standard, concluding his speech, you shall not crucify mankind upon a cross of gold. And all sides agreed that free silver would cause inflation, but the silver lining to a moderate amount of inflation was that farmers and other debtors would have more money to pay their debts with, with cheaper, more readily available dollars, uh, at the expense of creditors like banks and landlords, of course. Plus, the silver miners out west had just mine a ton of this stuff, and they could make a better profit. But let's take a look at some silver idioms, starting with that one, silver lining. Uh, meaning, obviously, that even a negative occurrence may have some positive aspect to it. And you often hear this one in the phrase, every cloud has a silver lining. And, and this one's particularly poetic, as it evokes the silvery, shining edge of a cloud backlit by the sun. Uh, suggesting that sunshine and blue skies are not far off. But the moon can also cast that silvery gleam through a cloud as well, and that's even more poetic. And that's actually the context in which this one arises in a 1634 poem by John Milton uh, called Comus, A Mask Presented at Ludlow Castle. And it reads, I see ye visibly and now believe that he, the supreme good, to whom all things ill are but his slavish officers of vengeance, Would send a glistering guardian, if need were, to keep my life and honor assailed. Was I deceived, or did a sable cloud turn forth her silver lining on the night? I did not err. There does a sable cloud turn forth her silver lining on the night, and casts a gleam over this tufted grove. And I particularly like the image of a sable cloud turning forth her silver lining. Uh, There's the straightforward meaning here of sable is the color black, but it also brings to my mind a sable fur coat with the inside silver lining. Anyway, there are a couple similar sort of idiomatic phrases here that come to mind, like, it's always darkest before the dawn, and every rose has its thorn. Finally, there are also a few great songs about silver lining, uh, like first aid kits, my silver lining, and casey musgraves silver lining which uh, is just chock full of idioms uh, in addition to the line if you're ever going to find a silver lining it's got to be a cloudy day and one might even say that casey's got a silver tongue uh, in the sense of being a bit clever with words here and other songs but the most common connotation for the phrase silver-tongued is the one that is found in chris chris song silver tongue devil and i uh, where you have a glib smooth talker that can talk people into doing things that might be a little naughty. Uh, and the, the term silver-tongued has been in, in use since at least the 1590s, and, and many attribute the term to a description of a certain preacher who lived in England in the latter 1500s named Henry Smith, also known as silver Tongue Smith. Uh, however, there's a passage in the Old Testament of the Bible which also may contribute to this idiom coming into being, and that's uh, Proverbs 10.20 which reads, the tongue of the just is as choice silver, the heart of the wicked is little worth. Finally, it seems that silver tongue here might arise just from the fact that silver can be used to describe something melodious and resonant, a reference to the pleasing sound of ringing silver. And silver does have a pleasing ringing sound, I think. I think here are the poem uh, Bells by Edgar Allan Poe and his description of silver bell- bells, where silver just sounds uh, mellifluous. Uh, uh, Hear the sledges with the bells, silver bells. What a world of merriment their melody foretells. How they tinkle, tinkle, tinkle in the icy air of night. While the stars that oversprinkle all the heavens seem to twinkle with the crystalline delight. Keeping time, time, time in a sort of runic rhyme to the tin abulation that so musically wells From the bells, 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 from the jingling and the tinkling of the bells. But to get back to silver lining songs, my, my favorite one's probably Touch of Grey uh, by Grateful Dead with the, with the great line, Every silver lining's got a touch of grey. And there's an interesting contrast to me between gray and silver. The the cloud's backlit edge could just as easily be described as light or bright gray, but silver always suggests something much more fortunate. Uh, You know, no one's looking for a a gray bullet. Uh, Everyone's looking for a silver bullet, that simple, seemingly magical solution to a difficult problem. And in folklore, silver often shows up as one of the few weapons that are effective against supernatural creatures like werewolves and witches. Uh, In the Brothers Grimm fairy tale of the two brothers, for example, you have a bulletproof witch that's shot down by silver buttons that are fired from a gun. And so that could be part of the origin of this one. But it does seem like it's that classic radio and and then TV show, the, The Lone Ranger, that's most responsible for this one. Uh, beginning in 1933 on the radio and then from 1949 to 57 on TV, uh, the, the Lone Ranger, that fictional masked uh, former Texas Ranger, was uh, fighting outlaws in the Old old West of America with his Native American friend or sidekick, Tonto. And besides having the catchphrase, hi old silver, to get his horse to gallop off, uh, the Lone Ranger was also famous for his trademark silver bullets, which he'd present to confirm his identity, if he was ever under suspicion. And beyond Hayao Silver and Silver Bullets, the the Lone Ranger is also responsible for introducing the phrase kimosabi into popular culture uh, as a supposedly Indian phrase that means uh, faithful friend or trusty scout, uh, as well as for uh, popularizing Rossini's William Tell overture, which it had as its theme music. Uh, you know, that's the one that goes like this. Anyway, uh, even if you've never seen the show uh, Lone Ranger, which I have to say I I, I never have, um, listening to that music, you you can't help but think uh, of of a guy galloping off uh, on his horse to to fight the bad guys. Um, And there's also the the idiom Magic Bullet, uh, which I think kind of helped spread and prepare the way for the idiom Silver Bullet, and this one has a similar meaning to Silver Bullet, but it arose originally in the medical context where it was strictly used for a while. Um, and magic bullet was coined by the German scientist Paul Ehrlich in a speech in 1906 when he was using the German word Zauberkugel, which was later translated as magic bullet. And Ehrlich here, he was developing the idea that it could be possible to kill certain microbes like bacteria. Uh, that caused disease in, in the body without harming the body itself. And so he named these hypothetical agents Google, And he, he was envisioning here uh, that just like a bullet fired from a gun would hit a specific target, there could be a way to specifically target these invading microbes. And so he uh, did a lot of research to discover what these magic bullets were, which resulted in some groundbreaking knowledge about... Uh, natural antibodies and, and the immune system and, and his works were kind of the foundation of immunology and, and so uh, he got the 1908 Nobel Prize in medicine. At any rate, uh, with regard to silver bullets, it's worth noting that uh, experts have actually tested this stuff out, uh, you know, lead bullets versus silver bullets. And in reality, a lead bullets, uh, better than a silver one in almost all respects. Although at close range, a silver silver one might have better penetrative ability. Uh, Just one small aspect there, although even that one is disputed. Uh, And talking about silver tongues in the Bible earlier, its appearance in the book of Proverbs got me interested about where else silver shows up in the Bible. So I did a search, and it shows up a lot, uh, 283 times to be precise. But although there's a couple references to trumpets of silver or pitchers of silver, it's almost always used as a way to measure wealth uh, in the context of jewels with silver or uh, pieces or shekels or talents of silver. And that that's a pretty famous idiom in its own right, 30 pieces of silver. Uh, and that's, of course, the price for which Judas Iscariot betrayed Jesus Christ, uh, according to the Gospel of Matthew anyway. And now... Uh, 30 pieces of silver, it's just come to symbolize any treason or, or betrayal, as we know. Uh, and another one along these lines is to sell the family silver, which means to uh, sell or give up some really valuable resource uh, for a quick or immediate gain, rather than holding on to it for future use or, or greater value. And I think here as well, the idiom with a similar meaning from the Bible, uh, to sell one's birthright for a mess of pottage. Uh, which comes from the story of, of Esau, the the brother of Jacob, or, or Israel, as he later became known. And the meaning of selling the family silver is straightforward enough, but its origin as an idiom is a little unclear. Uh, the first use I could find comes from a 1915 medical textbook titled The Individual Delinquent in a chapter called defect in judgment and foresight, uh, where it describes one delinquent boy who has stolen a number of times from his people and has even tried to sell the family silver. But that's not really an idiomatic use, and uh, the phrase isn't used for another decade that I could find, and it's only used sporadically uh, until the 1980s when it really starts to take off. So it looks like that's the time period in which this phrase arose as an idiom, which It's a little surprising to me uh, that it has such recent beginnings. When I think of family silver, I think of kind of older times. But speaking of family silver, one can uh, be born with a silver spoon in one's mouth, uh, meaning to be born into a wealthy and privileged family. And this phrase appeared in print in English as early as 1719 uh, in a translation of the novel Don Quixote, uh, where it says, Mom Teresa, quoth Sancho, tis not all gold that glitters, and every man was not born with a silver spoon in his mouth. And because this phrase was uh, used as a translation of a Spanish proverb with a different little or literal meaning, uh, it seems that the phrase was already considered uh, as a proverb in English at the time. And just as an aside, if you're interested, the, the Spanish phrase was, Muchas veces, donde hay estacas, no hay tocinos, which means literally often where there are hooks for hanging hams, there are no hams. Uh, and uh, I've always liked the variation on this phrase from uh, the former Democratic governor of Texas, Ann Richards, uh, when she was poking fun at uh, George H.W. Bush, or the first Bush president, both for being born into a wealthy, privileged family and for being somewhat gaff prone when she said, poor George, he can't help it. He was born with a silver foot in his mouth. And Ann Richards also had a similar zinger against Bush's son, George W., when she quipped about him uh, that he was born on third base and thought he hit a triple. And another way of saying all this is to serve someone something on a silver platter, To hand something to someone without having them work very hard to achieve it. And this one, of course, suggests the life of wealth and ease associated with silver platters. And the final silver silver idiom I want to take a look at is that of the silver screen, uh, referring to the movies. And this one comes from the fact that when people first started attending moving pictures back in the 1910s, Uh, The the screens were painted with the reflective metallic silverish paint to better display the images. And by the 1920s, this one had moved beyond this literal reference and into idiom land. And thanks for joining me there in the land of idioms. That's it for now.